Pew, pew, pew. Welcome back, everybody. Season 2, episode 19. Thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, we're going to hop into uh, a little bit of CONCACAF t that was played tonight, a little bit of AFCON, and then wrap up with Premier League and uh, some transfer news. So um, with me tonight, as always, Toby Hinefeld, no Everton supporters uh, crashing this week, unfortunately. It was great having Adam on uh, last week to talk about his despair and misery as an Everton supporter, but um, yeah, we're just getting straight to it tonight. Um, I am sipping on a ride of the Valkyries Dunkel Lager from uh, Gathering Place Brewing here in uh, Milwaukee. It's a little 4.8, really, really tasty. I like this a lot. I've had it the last couple nights, actually. Um, Tobes, how you doing? What you sipping on tonight? He's doing great. Welcome, everyone. Brews and Belters. Um, I am drinking a Wild Onion Brewery Hop Slayer Double IPA from uh, Lake Barrington, Illinois. Yeah, no idea the ABV on it. Pretty good, though. Uh, can't complain. Easy to drink. Doesn't doesn't have the ABV, huh? It's just a little question yeah, mark I don't, there. I don't see it on here. It's dangerous. 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 <laughs> Very dangerous. Almost as dangerous as having Anthony Robinson on the left side wing back position. But here we are. Let's hear it, Tobes. Let's hear it because so a little background for everybody tonight. Um, I had a I had a appointment at the barber shop at six thirty that ran pretty late. So uh, they had the Mexico match on Mexico Jamaica. So I'll be covering that a little bit, and Tobes will be running us through USMNT. So go ahead, hit us with it. Wait, wait. So the barber shop had. Mexico, Jamaica on the TV. On the TV, yes. <laughs> what, what barbershop do you go to in Milwaukee that would have that on there? It is called International Cuts, and it is in a primarily South American neighborhood. So primarily Mexican, Dominican, and Puerto Rican residents. So yes, I, I fully expected the Mexico game to be on and not the USMNT match, which... To be fair, I was fine with better coverage for us. I knew you were watching US. I was like, all right, let me let me watch Michaela Antonio and Jamaica take on Mexico. So uh, was it was there a crowd at the at this in the stands? Because uh, I guess Erling Haaland is talking right now that he's not in favor of playing in the Bundesliga because of no fans in the stands. Erling is like just straight up ready to leave Bundesliga is what it's sounding like really but no there there weren't there were not any fans in the in the stadium yeah okay. um, so which I, I think is well, the we'll case get into for that. That. we will get into that shortly uh yeah it's kind of sad that Adam is not here to diss on Everton more I think we gave him a couple different things we were talking about Everton I think I said West Brom Albion and Norwich were like his like areas he needed to watch uh, this week for Team USA, we had Daryl DK hurt himself. He's out eight weeks at least uh, with a lower body in a lower body injury. And then uh, <clears throat> our boy Josh Sargent was not on Team USA's roster. Kid had probably the goal of the year in the Premier League with his first goal for Norwich. Scorpion kick. Uh, he had two goals in the game. Ended up he was on a brace. Uh, and I think we predicted this last week, Kings, and we said he got Rafa Benitez fired, and then he just got Claudio Ranieri 
fired as well from Watford. Like he's he's a coach killer right now, honestly. Like, he's out he, he's out for careers and that's what he is. So. Yep, yep, that's it. He's just he'll only score goals that get managers fired and then other than that he just won't have a decent touch for the rest of the season. So Exactly. Um, that's so that's our USA roundup with Adam who's not here tonight. Um getting into the game. Uh definitely a Thursday kickoff uh against El Salvador. They got Sunday. They have to play Canada. USA do. Uh, no Alfonso Davies. He's injured right now. Uh, with what's, if I remember right, it's pretty scary because it's like some some stuff going on with his respiratory and his lungs because of uh, COVID. And uh, I don't know if he had COVID or if it's a vaccine. Not sure what, so I'm not even going to spread that rumor. But uh, yeah, so he is out right now and not playing for Canada. So that is a huge game on Sunday against Canada. And then they follow up uh, with Wednesday against Honduras uh, to finish up this, this one week of games being played. So tonight against El Salvador, it's huge because if USA can get all nine points, say they sweep all three, they are pretty much guaranteed a spot in the world cup, which is huge. Like to be able to qualify this early on with more, uh, at least a month and a half to two more months of uh, matches to be played. So they have that all going on. VAR is now in effect in CONCACAF. We talked about that last week as well. Uh, Keys and I were wondering, like, why hasn't it been here? But we also get the fact that there are multiple countries that just don't have the stadium setups for it. So I get where it's coming from. Uh, We had ESPN on tonight. Taylor Twillman was yelling a bunch. Uh, ESPN audio was off for probably eight minutes. Um, it was well, like that's good. At least, at least you got a little break from Taylor Twelman just yelling. <laughs> exactly. And so it was like a 15-second delay. So the game was playing, and then you were hearing the audio from 15 seconds before that. So <laughs> there was like big plays. You were hearing them 15 seconds after the fact. You're like, wait, was, is something going on during this corner kick while they're showing another replay? But it was just the audio from previously. So that was going on. The turf, I thought, looked pretty rough at the beginning. I mean, it was below freezing at kickoff. Like, that. do you think it, do you think, I mean, I get it, like, home field advantage against El Salvador, but do you think they should be playing in sub-zero cities right now, or do you think they should be in Orlando or California, San Jose, somewhere like that? Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense to me, like, why not, when we live in a country this big, why not take it somewhere where it's nice, but I don't know, I mean, you think, too, clubs are playing right now in Germany and England and elsewhere where it's same temps, so I mean... I I don't know. I mean, you you could make an argument for either. It makes more sense to me. Like it's just more pleasant for everyone involved, coaches, players, fans, etc. to to play in Orlando or Phoenix or where you know wherever it might be, um, California. But you know, you could argue obviously that these players, typically European players at least, uh, are dealing with that for the most part, day in and day out, right now. Anyway, so. So they were in Columbus. I thought the pitch looked fast. Some of the balls were bouncing kind of awkwardly. Um, and there was a few guys who were like either dubbing or dragging their toes and kind of getting caught up on the turf. Um, evidently, from what the commentator, I want to say it was John Champion with Taylor Twelman uh, for ESPN, they were talking um, about there being a I want to say it was like a heated under area of the turf. Mm. So I don't know if there was some stuff frozen on top 
I don't know, I don't know. But anyways, it looked kind of scattered. Um, but with that, like, this is the first time in probably three years that Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, and Tyler Adams all played on the pitch at the same time. I was pretty excited for that, especially, I mean, they just got ranked number 11 in FIFA, highest in CONCACAF uh, by any of the teams. Uh, and this is the closest to what I figured to be their ideal starting 11. Um, I mean, there was maybe a few positions. I'm pulling up the roster right now. So they had uh, Turner in goal instead of Zach Steffen. Um, he's out with injury right now. And then they had uh, in the back line, they had Serginio Dest on the right side, Zimmerman, Richards, and then Anthony Robinson on the left. Uh, Adams playing defensive midfield. And then the other two on each side was McKenney on the left, Musa on the right. And then uh, up top, they had uh, Timothy Weah on the right side. And then they had Christian Pulisic on the left side. And then they had uh, Jesus Ferreira uh, starting at striker. Um, honestly, this is probably the best 11 that I've seen them put out. Uh, Keegs, is there anyone you would have saw differently? Like, I was kind of thinking Ricardo Pepe over Jesus Ferreira or even uh, Stephen P. Funk uh, Sabichu, um playing in there. But I don't, I mean, besides that striker position and maybe a Brandon Aronson instead of Timothy Weah, um, I was honestly, this is probably my ideal uh, starting 11. Did you have any other... I'd like to see Aronson in there always. I just love watching him play, um, but not for Wea because I like Wea way too much. Um, but yeah, definitely Pepe up top or Sabachu, um, you know, over over Ferreira. But uh, that's just me. I mean, a lot of these guys need rest too, and you factor in travel and everything to it. So you know, be smart against uh, an opponent that you know. Ideally, they, they should handle fairly easily. Uh, I know it was only a 1-0 no win, but, you know, even with those guys coming off the bench, you should feel pretty confident going into that. So, I get it. Yeah, it looked like uh, Greg Berhalter was I, – I kind of feel like he's – he makes good starters, but then it's like they, they just don't get off on the right foot. Like, I want to say 10 of their last 12 goals have come in the second uh, half. Um, which that's never good to get off that slow like they do. Um, yeah, they, they never really seem to take it to teams. You know, they seem to play reactive rather than proactive in most matches that I've seen, especially throughout the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Christian Pulisic, he looked out of sync tonight to the point where at halftime, I mean, it was nil-nil at that point at halftime, and I was like, I think they need to take Jesus Ferreira off and put on uh, Ricardo Pepe is what I was thinking. And then I think they actually need to get rid of Christian Pulisic in the first 10 to 15 minutes and get Brendan Aronson or someone else on just to light some fire. Like, Yunus Musa was doing some stuff. So was Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams. And I think when it comes down to it, Christian Pulisic is the captain. But I think having Weston McKinney at his highest point uh, having him uh, play as good as he is capable of, um, that matters more to Team USA than Christian Pulisic in his form. Um, and so I was hoping a lot more for that. Um, but Christian Pulisic looked out of sync, and then uh, it ended up taking an Anthony Robinson off the left-back position, coming in from the flank and uh, getting a goal. And no Gio Reyna, uh, which I... And, We'll, we'll talk about him in a second, but Anthony Robinson ended up coming in on the left side, get a goal, 
and he did a running like gator backflip and then looked like he pulled his hamstring and then I thought he was doing like a Conor McGregor walk but then it ended up kind of looking like Kramer from Seinfeld so I'm not for sure exactly what was going that on. Dude, did you see that dude is an kid? absolute meme. I mean he truly is. He's <laughs> he's one of those guys who you think just he, he's probably never had any anxiety in his life because I don't know if he has a thought go through his head. Like, he's just there. He's just ever-present. See, I think the exact opposite. I think that dude is just anxious all the time. <laughs> like, he, he's like me. It's like he's just always, like, squeaking out, like, twitching. Like, you take him to Buffalo Wild Wings and he's not going to talk to you because he's going to be glued to all 27 screens that are, uh, that are there, you know? He's just jumping from one to the other. I love it. But his celebration was awesome. He, I, I don't, this is kind of crazy to say this, but he was the best player out there tonight. And there was times he looked awful, but then there's other times he's so class. And it's like, that's what was bad about them tonight is that Ricard, I think they need Ricardo Pepe because Jesus Ferreira was not getting in the box. He was kind of acting like Harry Kane sagging back as a false nine to kind of he at times he was with the central midfield position and was not coming forward and so there was no outlet in the middle and then you have Anthony Robinson and Sergio Dest on the flanks and they were not sending balls in like they should have a few of them I don't even know if they meant to but they like actually wound up to Timothy Weah or Christian Pulisic in the middle but they were like very poorly placed balls that they were running onto that either they were phenomenal passes or I honestly think they were just like hitting them to a spot and hoping someone touches it. Um, but there was a lot of that going on. Uh, and all together, I mean, he played pretty solid as a whole Anthony Robinson did. And so did most of, most of team USA played played pretty well to get the win, get, they got the three points. Um, but I think as a whole, I think it is kind of troubling that, they came out with such hype and did not perform to their standards. I think on most betting websites, they minus two. They've given two, or El Salvador was given two goals, so they didn't even cover. Um, if you're betting on this, um, but there was a lot, a lot going on. No Giorena. That's a big thing, I think, because uh, in my opinion, I think he is the best American in the world right now. Um, especially if you watch him play for Borussia Dortmund, he looks uh, phenomenal for them. Um, so them not having anyone going forward like him, uh, I think did have an effect on their, their roster as a whole. You mentioned um, Pereira kind of coming dropping back as like a false nine or a, a, you know, a target man. And that's something in it. That's something that they just don't seem to have consistency with really with any of their roster. And I know it's tough right now with these international matches being sprinkled in on top of club matches and people injured and people out with COVID, so on and so forth. Um, but I would like to see some consistency there in the number nine and then either use that guy as somebody who's going to get in behind or use him as a target man. And if you're going to have somebody who gets in behind and plays that, you know, striker role rather than like a, a center forward, deep lying role, target man role, um, I, that's where I would like to see Brendan Aronson step in and be a ten because I don't I think Pulisic is is better on the wing. Um, I think Reyna could potentially be a ten or even even just be like a, a supporting mid a box to box mid if he's not in the winger position. But I think Aronson has the class and the work rate to be there in the middle as a as an attacking mid and as a true ten. 
think he's creative enough and has the ability to to sit in there and create um because i don't think that against every team you're going to be able to just rely on dest and robinson to create chances by whipping in crosses i think you're gonna have to play direct through the middle sometimes as well and i just feel like they'll need a number 10 for that you can't rely on your striker to drop back and really create like that. And I don't, I don't know that any of those guys are totally capable of that either. Even Pepe for how good he is. He's a really good target, man. He's a good guy to get in the box and win a header or win a, win an aerial duel. Um, so I would like to see them establish a number 10, somebody who's just really creative there in the midfield. And then you got Adams who will drop back more defensively and McKenney who's box to box. So I would like to see them throw in a third midfielder who, who can really control play moving forward through the middle yeah no i definitely see that um i guess comparing that to the game you watched are you are you thinking that the usa can take canada and honduras or do you think that mexico and jamaica have any sort of stance because i think as of right now it's usa and Concacaf standings is one and then I think Canada's two, Mexico, either Canada and Mexico are tied for two, or they're right there, two and three. And then uh, I want to say it's either Honduras or Costa Rica. That's in four. I want to say Costa Rica, and then uh, Jamaica. So is there did either of the teams that you saw playing Jamaica or Mexico? Do you think you're scared being USA? Um, it was kind of tough to tell uh, tonight because so right now. Um, Canada actually sits in first with 19 points, um, and then USA is right behind it with 18, Mexico with 17, uh, as of right now, current standings. Um, but honestly, it was kind of hard to tell tonight. So in that match, um, Mexico looked really good from the jump. They were, they were getting deep in Jamaican territory, especially on the right side, uh, and, and they seemed to be creating a lot of chances for the first probably 30 minutes. And it seemed to be all Mexico. And then towards the end of the first half, Jamaica got a red card um, in the 45th minute that I thought might have been a little bit harsh. There was a, it was a player went in for, both of them went in for like a 50-50 challenge. The Jamaican player's arm was kind of extended. And it, it, it did, you know, it did cross the Mexican player's face. And it was, you know, I mean, it was a physical challenge and, and, you know, he hit him, basically slapped him in the face. But it, to me, it didn't look that intentional. I could have seen a, a yellow and like a ticking off, but I didn't really think it was a red um, unless I was just missing something. Keep in mind, I'm swerving around in a, in a barber's chair at this point. So I'm only seeing, you know, a little bit of the VAR replays. VAR was what involved. What he wants me to see. <laughs> right. Who is your barber reading for, Jamaica or Mexico? Uh, I don't really think he cared. He's Dominican. Most of the other he people. Hates both of them. <laughs> most of the other people in there um, were Mexican and they were cheering for Mexico. So I don't think he really cared. Um, but... Yeah, I, I personally, I don't know, I thought it may have been a yellow, um, but regardless, that seemed to change things going into halftime, and then they come out a man down and score a goal five minutes into the second half. So that kind of flipped the game on its head. They kept Mexico at bay for, you know, 30 more minutes, and then all of a sudden in the 81st, Mexico tie it up, and then in the 83rd, um, they end up winning it on an Alexis Vega goal. Basically, it was a cross that, that 
managed to squeak its way through. It probably shouldn't have, so a little bit weak back there from yeah from trash ass goal trash ass. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, some of that could just be fatigue too. You know, you're playing a man down, so it's tough to you know it's tough to really judge Jamaica um, because you know you're you're defending for you know an entire second half, forty minutes straight, and uh, you know you let a couple through. ESPN has Mexico at seventy five percent possession for that game yeah. against Jamaica. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Again, I mean, they're the Jamaica's a man down, so you can understand that as well. Yeah. But I mean, even to hold them off until truly, besides two minutes of the match, Jamaica might walk away with a a win, and instead they end up giving giving up two goals in so, two minutes. So, so Jamaica didn't have their entire roster. They have some pretty key players out right now due to COVID injury, whatever. Um, they have that going on. And then they go down a man with a red card. Uh, how did how did our boy look, Mikel Antonio? He looked okay, but they just don't. They just don't have a lot going forward. Um, so he has to create a lot on his own, and a lot of times he'll either come back and receive the ball deep, like he does with West Ham. And then, I mean, you've got to turn. He doesn't have those players in midfield that he can play the ball back to and play off of, you know. Yeah. So it it just makes things a lot more difficult. On top of that, there's no Leon Bailey. I've been really excited to watch him, but he hasn't he hasn't been playing for him at all. So you know, it's just so hard for a striker to to create all of that on his own. You have to have a good midfielder, a, a good winger or two to play off of. And Antonio would receive the ball outside of the box, whether central or off to one of the sides. And it's just, I mean, he's got two defenders on him, and he can either play it back to a mid a midfielder, and and they basically reset. Or he can try and make something happen unsuccessfully. So, um, you know, he didn't do a ton. And really, they just didn't have a whole lot of chances. I mean, their goal in the 50th came off of a corner. It was really well taken, actually, from from Daniel Johnson. He received the ball kind of top of the 18 there and just turned and had a hit. Drove it hard and low and, and put it in. And, you know, that's huge. Obviously, at that point, it's just defend, 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 which makes sense why it was, you know, 75% possession in Mexico. So, um, again, kind of hard to judge Jamaica off that. I felt kind of bad for them getting the red, especially that early on. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, Mexico get away with three points. So. So, so they're playing again this week, this weekend, and then middle of next week. Um, if I had my ideal situation... It would be USA number one. Let's not stress out about Concacaf. Let's just go right into the World Cup. You know, I'm. This is my most happy, excited team I have had for the USA since probably 14 years ago when Demarcus Beasley and like Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey was young, like, a bunch of those guys. Like, that was the best USA team. And this USA team is fun and exciting and young. Like, I think Walker Zimmerman, the central back, who, in my opinion, played one of the best games of any USA player next to Anthony Robinson, he played really good tonight. And he's an MLS dude, really good, and played well. And, like, I'm excited for guys like him because he's 28. He's the oldest guy on the pitch for USA. Like, they're exciting right now, so I would like for them to be number one. I would like for 
Canada to be number two, and then I'm assuming Mexico would be number three if they're not number two. And that's our top three. And then I would like for Jamaica to somehow beat out Costa Rica as the number four spot. And then they have to go to the, like, play-in tournament for the World Cup, <laughs> which there's some, like, random... I, I want to say it's, like, the third or fourth from, like, the Australian Southeast Asian yeah, League. Yeah, it's, um... It's, it's kind of, I forget what they like, call it. It's, uh... God, Oceana. Yeah, the, yeah. So there's, like, the third team or fourth team from that one. There's, like, the fifth and sixth from Europe. Like, they all go into a tournament... And they play each other real quickly. <laughs> two of those guys go to the World Cup. So I'd like to see Jamaica do that. Just because, dude, I mean, it's Jamaica. Like, everyone loves Jamaica. Why wouldn't you love Jamaica? Like, you vacation in Jamaica. <laughs> Mikhail Antonio in Jamaica. Yeah. Even though he's never been to Jamaica. He's only been in England. But still, it doesn't matter. And so it's so exciting. I wish they would just be a part of it. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. If I could have anything in the CONCACAF standings. Yeah, I hate to rain on your parade, but they've got seven points right now, and then Costa Rica have ten. They're actually playing Panama right now, who we forgot about. They sit in fourth with 15 points. Costa Rica have ten. So if Costa Rica can manage a result here um, at the end, I don't know what minute that's in. It's got to be close to over. Uh if Costa Rica can grab three points, they've got an opportunity to end up in that fourth spot. But it's right now, it's looking like Panama should uh, should be able to see that out. I don't know who they play moving forward, but um, you know they're they're sitting five points above. So they check that they have Mexico or Costa Rica has Mexico next. Panama has Jamaica, so you would imagine they should win that, and then they've got Mexico. So. Yeah, those three they're in a they're in a tight little group there, but Jamaica definitely didn't do themselves any favors tonight, so we'll see how they There's definitely out. a Panama Canal joke in there somewhere for this whole tournament. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Let's just move forward. You can just say you don't have the joke. You can just say that there no, might be no. something. I, I do, but I don't. Okay, okay. Alright, moving on to uh <coughs> excuse me, to AFCON. <coughs> Oh, excuse me. It's just hitting the blunt right now. Yeah, just ripping the blunt way too hard. I apologize. Mid, uh, <laughs> mid-pod blunt here. Um, now we've got AFCON. So I want to start it off with a quick little cheer for Vincent Abubakar. Uh, his 70th minute goal put Cameroon through over Comoros, and he has now scored six in four, overtaking Samuel Eto'o's record for most goals by a Cameroon international in an international tournament. Um, pretty big company to be in there at all. One of the greatest strikers probably of all time. Um, did it for, for some of the biggest clubs in Europe. So, uh, great company to be in. Um, he plays for Saudi Arabian club, Al Nassar and, uh, having a really, really great tournament so far in AFCON. So Cameron's through the quarterfinals. Um, very quickly, I'll go through some, some of the other results. Tobes, hop in if you want, if you got any particular matches you want to talk about or players. Um, but Burkina Faso beat Gabon 1-1, 7-6 on penalties. Gambia, the lowest ranked team in the tournament, upset Guinea 1-0, and they move on to the quarterfinals. Uh, Morocco had a wild match against Malawi. They won 2-1. A rocket that Toby posted on the Twitter page by Yusef Mchangama. Um, so check out our Twitter to watch that. 
Uh, he started out the match with that for, from probably 40 yards out. Easy. Uh, top Lord right. save me. That was that was James Ward-Prowse times two. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was a big boy goal. Uh, yeah. That, I, so I was talking to one of our friends who his family or part his dad is from Africa. And he was joking that every time an African steps on a pitch – they're within goal scoring range, like, <laughs> like forty yards out. Long hair, don't care. Like, just go ahead and shoot it. <laughs> and that's what this dude did. Like, he was Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, this that was an unbelievably good goal. That goal also came in the same game where uh, they were getting hit by COVID, so they were down all their goalkeepers. So they had the starting left back play goalie for them. And uh, also their captain got a red card in the seventh minute. So they were playing down a man the entire time. I want to say it was against... Uh, Morocco. Morocco, yes. And uh, Hakimi yeah. uh, for PSG ended up getting the game-winning goal off a set piece. That that was almost a belter as well. That was a, oh, a hit. Absolutely was. Yeah, he smoked that. Um, so yep. yeah, I mean, they held him off for a while. He scored that goal in the 70th to be the winner and to have your captain go down with a red card in the seventh, um, and to hold on for that long against Morocco, who, you know, is, is one of the favorites as far as teams left as, you know, Nigeria ended up getting, uh, knocked off by Tunisia. Shout out to Amir who, who was aforementioned, uh, with a great quote. Um, but yeah, Nigeria, Taken down by Tunisia, 1-0. Nigeria was probably my favorite, uh, personally, to, to go through. Them. Jerseys, that's by far. Oh, jerseys, absolutely. Also fresh kits, Senegal. Uh, they got through with a 2-0 win over Cape Verde, a goal for Sadio Mane, and then um, another big result, Egypt beat Ivory Coast, who is another, another team that uh, I thought might make a run to the final. Uh, Mo Salah, the winner, they they won on penalties. Uh, shout out Eric Bailly, always bringing us content. Um, an attempted no look, it looked like an attempted no look penalty, which was saved. So uh, yeah, that's rough. He he kind of did like the Jorginho hop mixed with the Firmino no look, and did not execute uh, up to standard. So. And then and then acted like Michael Jordan at a free throw line during this <laughs> one of his games where he looked at everyone and said, "I'm going to shoot this free throw with my eyes closed." <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then he airballed. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's it. I mean, so we're on to the quarterfinals Saturday. We'll have Gambia versus Cameroon at ten Central. Uh, Burkina Faso versus Tunisia at one, and then Sunday we've got Egypt versus Morocco, which I'm really looking forward to. And Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea at one. So, um, some good matches coming up. I'm excited just to watch over the weekend. Um, and no prem, obviously, with World Cup qualifiers and everything, international break going on. So, um, AFCON, I've been super excited to watch, and I've barely got to watch much of it just with it being played during the week um, and just trying to sneak peeks at work and stuff. So, really looking forward to this weekend and watching those matches. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, with the African Cup of Nations, I think, in my opinion, of the four matches, I would say Sunday morning's game, Egypt-Morocco, is probably the one I'm most excited for. For sure. Um, I honestly don't think they are the two best teams. 
Um, I think there's maybe one or two teams that are better than them. But of these two, I think they have the best star-studded talent on the, on the rosters, uh, especially highlighted by Mosulah, of course, with Egypt. So, Yeah, him and Hikimi will, will definitely be the showstoppers. So I'm um, looking forward to that one. Uh, moving on to the Premier League. Tobes, do we want to get into it? Starting out, Chelsea, Tottenham, 2 0. Nothing really to talk about, Keeks. Let's just move forward. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea have had Spurs numbers, I want to say, the last four to six games. I don't know. I lost track. Um, I already told you, like, we are the young brother. I don't know. Like, what do you even want to call us? Like, Chelsea just has our number. They, they have for a while. Um, it sucks, but it is what it is, and so, yeah, here we are. Um, no, I, I, I do would, think... I, I wouldn't even say London's, like, younger brother. I'd say, like, the younger brother's, like, friend, kind of, that's just, like, a kid in the neighborhood that's the same age that everyone likes to just give shit to. Okay, yeah, that makes some upsetting sense, but yeah, yeah it does. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it hurts, it hurts, but it's true kind of thing. That might have been harsh. I apologize, but you know that's what it feels like right now. No, I mean it's true though because uh, like Chelsea didn't even have their best roster, but at least they played a roster. Arsenal didn't. Bunch of cowards. True. Shout out, shout out Arsenal. Um, but yeah, so that was all going on, and uh, I mean they played them twice in the Carabao Cup and lost to them both times. So it's like. And then they lost to him in the season already. So four times in a row, like, it's pretty bad, and they don't score goals. Uh, It's the first time I've realized, like, Antonio Conte's, like, WTF did I get myself into Mm -hmm. kind of situation. And I think he's, like, even if we don't spend a lot of money till the summertime, we'll talk about the transfer news later, but... I think he needs something now in January, at least one to two players, because Tottenham just doesn't have that it factor that they can score a goal whenever you, like, they don't. Like, they they need some luck, and they need a lot of other stuff. Like, they're just not a complete team, and they're not very good, to be honest. The only time they seem to score is on the counter, and they can't do that against a team like Chelsea. Thiago Silva's not going to allow that. Rudiger's not going to allow that. I mean, they're too good to to be beaten on the counter by Tottenham. And I think, I don't know what's on your wish list for the transfer window, but they really need a creative mid. They're missing, you know, when they made that Champions League run and they were they were in the top four in the table pretty regularly for a couple years there in 18-19. They had Ericsson to fill that void and then Lamella as a box-to-box. Like, they really need that Erickson-type player who can pick out a pass and just be a playmaker. Yeah, no, uh, I do have a wish list. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, even though we're going to talk some Premier League transfer later. But I think Tottenham needs another striker to have Harry Kane some rest because that dude runs more than anyone, in my opinion, right now. Um, They need a right or left back. There is no one on the team right now who can play either or besides maybe Sergio Regulin but he hasn't been playing that much. And then uh, I'm thinking like a midfielder and a central back. Like there's at least four positions we need to, it's pretty much all defensive, in my opinion, defensive, central, and the wings or more midfield. But we also need 
definitely number one, we need a striker to either take away from Harry Kane or to work with Harry Kane. Because I think Antonio Conte would actually prefer to play two strikers if he could. Yeah. Or like one guy at a striker position, one kind of sagging in between both, like a Harry Kane. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I was going to say, I mean, Kane, Kane drops back, but like that, and I can even see a guy like Lautaro Martinez, you know, last year they had so much success at Inter because of him and Lukaku, and Lukaku played that Kane type of role where he dropped back, he's just so big and strong, and Kane's similar you know, not as big of a body obviously as Lukaku, but similar where he can shield people off the ball, and, and he's technically gifted enough to pick out a pass, so yeah, I mean, a guy a guy like Martinez would be, I think, a great, a great match there. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I that's that on Tottenham Chelsea. Is there any Premier League games that you watch that you? Well, I do want to shout out uh, one of the belters that I have, which was a banger from Hakim Zayech, and he almost had another one shortly after, um, but he just took a rip, got it onto his left foot. It looked like at times Salah will score like this, but Ian Robin is who I thought of. Just cut into the middle from the right side and just ripped it with his left foot. One of the better outside of the box goals this season, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, moving. We'll move forward. Sorry, Toby. Uh, um, Villa Everton. Uh, just a highlight here. Digne playing against his old club. Assist off of a corner. Um, f- fucking fans throwing stuff at him and the rest of the Villa players, of course, after the goal. Um, just, I mean, it feels like every every other week we're talking about this shit, but just fans in, in all sports, but especially in football, continue to disappoint with their behavior. And it seems like here and there, there's a, a slap on the wrist for it. I know right now they've been going and reviewing some footage, and I think there were actually some arrests either from this match or other matches, but it's like, you got the technology, you got 500 cameras in that place, like, start giving these people more than a slap on the wrist. Hit them with a 10-year ban from the stadium, or from any stadium, for that matter. Um, like, start start taking some action, because that, that's just ridiculous. But, uh, Dude, Villa's making some signings right now. Like, they're using that Jack Graylish money. Yeah. Like, looking good. Uh, with them with Coutinho, are they looking pretty good right now? I don't know. Yeah, I love it. I love what they're doing. They look they look great, and they're looking to continue making moves. I'm excited for the summer to see who all they pick up. And I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see if maybe they'll pick up some some hard-nosed uh, defenders or midfielders from, from the Scottish League with Stevie G at the reins. Or, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see who they pick up next. But, I mean, they're putting pieces together. I think I think Dina is one of the, one of the better left backs in the world right now. Absolutely love that signing. Love Coutinho coming back and playing under Gerard. Um, so yeah, I, I I think they look great, and I think they're only going to get better. I th- I think they're truly at the genesis of building something for the future. And when you got a young manager who's seeing success like like Gerard is, it's it's awesome. And then uh, moving forward, a, a couple other huge matches for the table. Um, United beat West Ham 1-0, squeaked one out thanks to a late Rashford goal. Uh, United on the break, Cavani gets the ball, 
near the touch line, almost between the touch line and the six yard box, and just plays a really good ball across to Rashford, squeak by, uh, which is huge for them because they leap over West Ham in the table uh, with a match in hand. And then another big match, Southampton played City to a 1 1 draw. Honestly, I thought that they might end up and win this, and I was kind of holding my breath for most of the match, but they went up 1 0. Um, they ended up going up 2 0, but had the goal called back and um you know city end up end up tying it so now the table stands city everything's screwed up because everyone's played different amount of matches but city have played 23 matches sit at 57 points liverpool have played 22 and sit at 48 chelsea have played 24 matches and are at 47 points united have played 22 and sit at 38 so a bit of a gap there but two matches in hand, Um, and then West Ham have now played 23 and have 37 points, so truly a huge match for United having a game in hand and being a point above West Ham uh, to keep them in fourth. Keeks asking for a friend. Where's Tottenham Hotspurs at on that list? Oh, my. I don't have them on that. Uh, That's the top five there, so uh, I believe they have two matches in hand, too. But uh, let me do a quick Premier League standing search. Hold, 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 hold. Hey, we're talking two biscuits in a pouch, by the way. Two biscuits in a pouch. Translate? Uh, Two games in hand. Oh no, they are. Uh, they've only played twenty matches and they're at thirty six points. So let's say they went out and get you know in the in the four matches between them and a, a Chelsea, they would be they would be above Chelsea if they if they were to win out. I don't know what their schedule's looking like moving forward. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, if you we're play, looking top four, bro. Yeah, if you play new, if you play four. Newcastle twice, uh, Burnley once, and Norwich once, then yeah, you got a chance. Yeah, we're not doing dumpster dives. We're just playing. We're just playing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking a lot of shots at, at Tottenham. Let's get into some transfer news and wrap it up with that. Um, what do you got? What's What's Fab been telling you? What's What's Fabrizio's uh, pager been saying? I was hoping you wouldn't do this because there's been a lot going on. Um, mainly, the biggest ones I can think of is just Aston Villa just cleaning up house and then. Uh, I don't know, Juventus has a few signings. There's been a bunch going on, but I, what do you have, Keeks? Do you have anything written down So, Dele Alli um, has been rumored to a few places, uh, Everton being one. I personally would like to see him make a move maybe to Spain, get off the radar for a little bit, get a little break from the English media, just kind of rejuvenate, uh, get a little bit of a rebirth. And I think that's what's going to happen with Anthony Martial, who was just moved to Sevilla on a five-month loan. I think that'll be great for him. Just kind of take a deep breath and refresh and probably play some serious minutes in, in a big role for Sevilla. Um, on top of that, Adam Traore was linked with Tottenham, ends up moving to Barcelona on loan, uh, going back home, came up through uh, through Barcelona. So interested to see that. They ended up paying quite a bit of money for him. We were talking about that before. They're a club that right now just doesn't have money, and they're just signing strikers left and right, it feels like. So uh, that was kind of a a head-scratcher for me, but 
interesting bit of business. You mentioned Juve signing some players. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic, which is a huge, huge, huge signing. The best striker right now in Serie A. Um, going to Juve and, you know, possibly helping them make a run here in the second half of the season. So, so that guy wasn't just linked to Juve. He was linked to Tottenham. He was yeah, linked Arsenal. to almost every club. Like, he is yeah. a top four up-and-coming striker in the world. Oh, yeah. he's. I mean, I think he's 21. He looks like he's about 43, uh, but he's like 21. Incredible goal scorer. I mean, he, he tied Ronaldo's record for Serie A goals scored in a calendar year over this uh, last season and in this current season, first half of this current season. Um, he's been unreal at Fiorentina. Fiorentina fans, understandably, were upset about it. Uh, they wrote on, I wish I could remember the quote in Italian, but it translated to something along the lines of, uh, respect is not gained with Vlahovic goals, you hunchback bitch, or you like you hunchback shit, I think was the quote. Which is funny because never if you be see, called hunchback bitch. That's always a if you see, It's just funny too if you look at Vlaovic. Uh, I mean, he's super well put together, very, very like strongly built, lean, great strikers build. But he totally like leans forward when he walks, <laughs> and so just to see hunchback shit. I forget. I think hunchback is like gobo, uh, gobo di merda or something is like you hunchback shit. Gobo Mierda. Yeah, you, you Quasimodo mother. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I didn't know that where I knew most of it, actually. I, I could translate most of it, but I had to look up that word and my jaw just dropped. Like that, that is literally the last word I expected to see pop up on the translate. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going at this man's throat right now. Um, so that was wild, but I don't know, kind of a bummer. I, Juve right now isn't, really doing a whole lot they're they're just kind of floating there in that like fifth fourth fifth place in Serie A so this is huge for them but it's like if Chiesa gets back and healthy if they sign a nice creative midfielder um they could be fun to watch again but like I would prefer to see this dude go somewhere else if Juve isn't going to make a Champions League run and again he's only 21 so maybe Maybe over these next few years, it's a it's a play at like a Champions League down the road. But it's just like it seems like the same old story with Juve, and I'm just kind of bored with them. And to see a player this good go there, just I don't know, it just feels kind of disappointing right now. So, so I guess uh, Tottenham's GM Petretti thinks that Weston McKinney is like an up and coming star. And we're offering money for him, and Juve pretty much made it seem like he's not—he's not signable. Like you can't trade this for this guy right now. Um, I—I will. The reports I saw were like rumors, but they were like twenty-five to thirty million for Weston McKinney, and Juve was like, "No, that's not good enough." So for that to happen to this guy is pretty awesome to know that like we have. I mean, he's the guy that I was talking about earlier with the USA being uh, the top person for them to be at one of the top Italian Premier League teams is pretty cool. Yeah, and it just shows, you know, they're investing in him for the future because I had that link as well. You know, I saw that he had been linked to Tottenham, and I didn't know. I mean, rumors are rumors, but um, it is cool to see that they're like – buying into him, you know, and, and they want to keep him around for the long haul um, and build something around him. And again, 
Like, that's the thing. I don't mind this Vlahovic signing if they're going to build a, a Champions League, you know, cha- trophy-chasing team. Um, but I just I don't want to see Juve build up a really good squad again and just win five Serie A trophies in a row and, and get knocked out in the quarterfinals of, of Champions League for the next five years. You know, I, I feel like I want to see them actually make a run. They're feeling like PSG lately, you know, like we're going to build up this squad, we're going to build up this squad, we're going to build up the squad, and all we're going to do is win Ligue 1. It's like, all right, that's kind of, that gets old after a while, so. Um, it is cool to see, though. I mean, they're investing, you know, for the future. Um, another big Serie A transfer, Robin Goshen's German left back from Atalanta uh, went to Inter. So that's a big move for Inter is, is you know, they look to stay in first place in Serie A and, and maybe repeat their Shudetto. Um And then one that I really, really hope comes true and I hope is permanent and not just alone is Donny van de Beek. Poor, poor Donny van de Beek. Ale's last few matches. Save that kid. God save for him, real. please. Ale's last few matches, he starts showing out. Ale's out. Ragnik comes in. The man hasn't seen the pitch since Ragnik came in. And it's just like, let's can this poor kid play a fucking football match? And he looked so good for United when he when he got time. I mean, he was the best player on the pitch for like the, the last two matches that Ale was in charge. So apparently, he's been in talks to be loaned out to, to Crystal Palace, and I would fucking love that move. Crystal Palace are my darlings. Um, their midfield's pretty. <laughs> their midfield's solid right now, but I would just love that. Um, I think it'd be a really good move. They've got a young group, and I think he would just add a lot to it. So I think that'd be. I think that'd be great. Beeks just wants... <laughs> he just wants uh, Wilfred Jaha to have his, like, magical drink that looks like lime, lemon-lime Gatorade, but we're not for sure what it is. It's kind of... <laughs> it's kind of like Base Jam, and just Van de Beek coming up next to him is Aha, and they're just squirting each other in the mouth. Like, that's what Keegan wants right now. Just like, a quick little, hey... That. Get you some of this, and Donnie's eyes just turn green, and he just goes—he <laughs> just goes crazy on the pitch. He's just sliding. I mean, in we and don't know—we don't know what Zaha drinks. Like we don't. Like he just drinks that magical juice. No every, one knows every pretty game, and it's always—it always looks like urine, but it's not. Yeah, maybe. we well, unless okay. it's maybe hyena piss. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it is, but I was gonna say like some like very high electrolytes, like oh, yeah. lime. Yeah, way higher. You know what I mean? It's just energy. It's like. 400 milligrams of caffeine energy drink mixed with some like a handful of electrolytes. They're like, oh, you won't get dehydrated with all that caffeine. There's three electrolytes in there. And, he, and Wolf's like, fuck yeah, put it into my veins. He's just spraying Donnie with it. He's, he's spraying poor innocent Donnie with it. And Donnie's like, all right, fuck it, I'm changed. I'm a changed man. He just becomes the villain at Palace. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, poor Donnie. Uh, another thing to shout out real quick, not, not club news, but I don't know if Italy are just fucked or what, but Balotelli got the call up here for the playoff. So uh, only, to be fair, only Mancini has the charm and the character to be able to calm him down. Um, that happened in the City days. You know, Mario had a nice little run there at City. 
So maybe Mancini can can get him to behave himself. But uh, dude, I, dude, would you would you achieve anything in life and pull your shirt up to flex your abs? You're never gonna be controlled. Like that's that's rule number one. He can't he can't be controlled. It doesn't no, matter how much it doesn't matter how much older you can get either. They can, they can pull him up in in eight years when he's forty years old and he won't have matured. He'll be the same old Balotelli. <laughs> but he'll definitely look at you and then look at and then point at his dick and be like, "I scored goals there, bro." Like he will say that. And he will say he that. He is a human being. He will say that. He's wild. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Italy, Italy might be in trouble, as as Jose Mourinho would say. They may be deeply fucked, um, which leads to booze, cheers, and belters. And I just want to start out with a little cheer. Happy 59th birthday to the patron saint of Petty himself, Jose Mourinho. Uh, turned 59 yesterday, a legend of the game, the special one, as he dubbed himself. Um, yeah, just a special, special manager, uh, special character within the game. Uh, and then the other... <laughs> The other cheer I had was just Fiorentina fan. I don't even know if this is a cheer or a boo, but it's just quality content. And that was the Fiorentina fans painting the banner that said, respect isn't one with Flavich goals, you hunchback shit. Um, just <laughs> just wild behavior. What about you, Tubbs? You got any cheers or boos? Uh, boos, definitely. As for FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, uh, and that he pretty much... Talked about biannual World Cups uh, and how it is linked to African refugees losing their lives leaving Africa. Um, yeah, so the FIFA president linked the World Cup biannual idea uh, to African refugees. And this is his quote, was, We need to find ways to include the entire world to give hope to Africans so that they don't need to cross the Mediterranean in order to find a maybe a better life, but more probably death in the sea. That's from ESPN. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to get too involved in it, but I don't think that you should ever, like, try and make a money grab on every two-year World Cup to people that are leading their countries for a better life and the lives that they're leaving in the water yeah it's just a nonsensical comment um he's 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 swiss italian but swiss born so i just want to i just want to go on the record and say that we do not claim him um he's swiss so uh yeah thanks gianni so here we are so uh yeah definitely not a not happy with that oppose um cheers wise uh, here's my cheer. It is a rumor. Uh, rumor mill. Uh, Serginio Dest is linked with a move to Borussia Dortmund. Um, I am happy with this. They're talking about Thomas Munier. Uh, he's, I think he's 30, I want to say, but they're talking about him going with money to Barcelona and then Barcelona sends Serginio Dest to Borussia Dortmund. Um, I'm choosing this rumor only for the fact that Serginio Dest is, in my opinion, an amazing player. And uh, the place he's at right now is toxic. Even though it's one of the pillars of of football, it's still terrible right now. Like, I would not want to be a Barcelona 
And honestly, I don't even know if I want to be at Real Madrid. Like, yeah. I don't. I think Real Madrid is way more stable than Barcelona. But Barcelona is, like, a top two or three position in the world. And for them to be where they're at right now, like, I, I don't want Serginio Dest there. Especially with a, a player coach who doesn't appreciate him, so... Wow, Javi is not a player coach. How dare you? How dare player you? That's coach, blasphemous. Bro. That's player blasphemous. Coach. But yeah, they're in a bad place. I would I think I would rather be in Bundesliga than La Liga right now, but um but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Belters. Uh I already mentioned both of mine and you may have the first one, but Yusef from Changama from Malawi, just a rocket. I mean literally a, a field goal. It it, it was like Bucker, Kansas City Chiefs game winner distance, and he just lasered it into the top right corner. Um, and then Zayish for the the second week in a row for me, actually. Um, a banger against your Tottenham Hotspurs. So. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have an AFCON Galazzo belter, and it's from uh, Gabinho Mihango. Um, yeah, the Malawi player uh, scored one against. Morocco, and it was a delight. This thing was, I don't even know, like 45 yards out? Like, I don't even know. Like, it was in between <laughs> the midway and the 18-yard box, and he cut the defender in and decided just to shoot it, and it curled in upper 90, but it was a belter. It was such a big belter that it was like a belter did not become a belter because it became a Delazo. You know, it was like in that metaphorical phase. I don't know, Keys, you know what I'm talking about right now? Where he kicks it from so far out that the belter ends up becoming a Galazzo. That's what happened. Ah, mid-air, it just switched identity. Okay, yeah, I think I follow now. Yeah. No, I have no <laughs> idea what you mean, but I want to know exactly what you mean. So let's break yes, it down. Let's get sports science on it. Um, powered by AWS. No, 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 no. Sports science is already in with Team USA right now deciding at halftime during a freezing game that they should turn down the temperature of the overall room from like 70 to 64. I guess they did that during tonight's game against El Salvador. And I thought that was idiotic. Have you heard that skeeks in the locker room? Yes. Sports science, dude. (laughs) They turned the temperature down to make it easier to go out after halftime in freezing cold temperatures. They did it six degrees from 70 to 64. Genius. I don't know really. the exact Genius degrees, stuff. but I'm assuming that's what it was. I yes. mean, regardless, yeah. I mean, if you want to be used to that when you go back out, you're, you're going to have to just, you might as well just hop in the ice bath and then hop back out there. Little little halftime ice bath. But. At least you're not going to be wearing gloves throwing in the ball and the English uh, fan calls you out for it. <laughs> so, it'll be worse. All right, that's all I got, Tobes. Any, any, anything else to, to throw in? Not at all. Cheers, and uh, yeah, here we are. All right, we'll see you next week. Cheers.